Hello, everyone, and welcome to the JRPG Report. This is going to be episode 103. My name is James Fisher. Thanks for tuning in yet again this week. It is March the 11th of 2020, an absolutely beautiful spring-like day here. I hope it's a wonderful day for you as well. We've got a bunch of stories to talk about on today's podcast. Um, First, a good little uh, (laughs) uh, paperwork out of the way for you guys, so to speak. Um, I'm on vacation next week, so... I will have my, obviously I have my phone with me and it does have the ability to record the podcast on it. So let's just play it by ear. If there's enough to report next week and I can get a good audio quality out of it, I will do a podcast. I'll have my computer with me so it's no big uh, deal there. It's going to be more of if there's stuff to do or not. And uh, I'm going to also go ahead and pre-record two Sunday specials for you guys and um, don't have a ton of time to do this week. It's a bit of a scramble. So I'm not sure which one I'm going to do first, but it's going to be two soundtracks for you guys. The first one is going to be Distant Worlds 4, and that is music from the Final Fantasy series. It's a live um, orchestra. I forget how many pieces to it, but it's kind of a big, bold um a selection of some of the best songs in the Final Fantasy history. Uh, it covers ones all the way from 1 to 15. In, um, is there 15 in there? No, uh, 1 through 14 uh, as of this one. No, no, 15's in there. Apocalypse and Optics is on there. Um, so that is going to be one week. The next week is um, a, a concert also. I've went to both of these concerts but this one is called The New World, and it is a much smaller, I think it's 13 or 14 piece orchestra, and it's much more intimate. Um, it's kind of crazy because they, uh, you know, both live orchestras, but a very different feel, whereas like the New Wor- Distant Worlds one has the, the, the screen with the images from the games playing at the same time as this big booming music. And then the New World ones, uh, there's no, (laughs) you know, screens going on. It's a small, intimate setting. And I hope that kind of comes across in the soundtracks as well. I want to kind of record at least something to do for those. And I wanted to make a Sunday special, but there's just so much time. And I do want to enjoy my vacation, obviously, as well. So I hope you guys enjoy those. But let's get to the news and it can't always be good news, right? There's That's just the way the world is. And right now, the world is, of course, dealing with uh, the coronavirus. And uh, the latest uh, casualty in the gaming world is actually E3. It has officially been canceled. Um, it was due to go on June 9th through the 11th in Los Angeles. So... You know, we're talking about three months away, but already just, well, you know, a show of that size, it requires a lengthy uh, build-up time and getting things together. So 
just go ahead and uh, cross that one off your list of, uh, if you were planning on attending and cancel those flight plans. Um, it's not going to happen this year. I dare say that's going to be the case with a lot of things. I'd be, I'd be very sad, but I'd be surprised if we have GamesCon or Tokyo Game Show this year. There's just... There's too much public fear with this thing going around and too much risk to really make it worthwhile. We just may remember 2020 is the year that there were no uh, gaming events that went on. Now, on the flip side, E3 has been changing quite a bit over the past couple of years. Of course, Sony pulled out a couple of years ago. Um with online streaming, um, we saw this a little bit last year, and they already made plans to do it this year, where you've got the games they're talking about. Obviously, you have a bunch of them like, okay, here's this awesome game, and it's available right now. Go ahead and go get it. Or, But this year, they were talking about doing like limited run demos on games for the days of E3. I suspect that's going to be the case. There may still be a lot of uh, things released during that time frame that they were planning on doing anyway, just in an online fashion, you know, live streams and stuff of that sort. So I still think we're going to have uh, plenty of things to talk about during E3 that get announced. It's just going to be completely different. And that's kind of the way 2020 is shaping up to be. So it's kind of sad in a way, but like I said, the show has been changing quite a bit and maybe this is kind of a path forward to where it's not the big hoopla that it normally is each and every year still have that place where gamers can come and, um, people in the industry to converge, but just, it, it's going to change and it already is changing. So that's kind of, uh, a bummer to kick off the podcast with, but it was by far the biggest piece of news that came out uh this past week got an announcement from sega who have now detailed the western releases of both the launch and digital deluxe editions of secure wars here in the west and there was a new trailer and screenshots to go along with that so here is the launch which is the physical edition for 59.99 that's going to be on april the 28th and you get, of course, the game. You get the the, at, the theater costume add-on bundle. You get the really cool reversible cover, which is um, the reverse was the original Japanese cover art for the game. And you get the sticker set. But it's for free, so you really can't complain too much. Now, the digital edition is going to have the Imperial Combat Review PlayStation 4 dynamic theme and the Nico ears add-on bundle also 59.99 the digital deluxe edition um as far as this article goes there was no uh, price on that so once i get that updated i will pass it along to you guys here's what you get with that the legacy of love add-on bundle which is a pack of costumes and background music paying tribute to various things you get the charming Accessories add-on bundle. It includes the glasses, dog tail accessory, angel accessory, and swimsuit DLC bundle. You get the aforementioned Neko ears add-on bundle and the Imperial Combat Review PlayStation 4 dynamic theme. 
the new trailer kind of went into the different relationships that you can get into via the lips dialogue system. That's, that's what you say and how you say it has a profound impact on relationships off and on the battlefield. Interesting looking game. And, um, Certainly, they're given a few options for you guys to check out. I suspect we may even see a a um, physical deluxe edition be announced at some point in time, but they're kind of running out of time to get that going. So, as soon as I hear that price on the digital deluxe, I'll pass along, and if anything else pops up about Sakura Wars, it's April 28th release. Uh, quickly, we learned about the Mega Dimension Neptunia 7 uh, coming to the Switch via the Nintendo eShop on March 19th in Japan for 4,800 yen. Uh, there's actually a 20% discount on it if you pre-order All right now. No news on if that's going to make it into a Western release or not because this version only supports Japanese as well. Um, Keep your eyes peeled and see if that one comes over to the West or not. It's certainly a game that the Switch can handle just fine. We'll see if that happens or not. We had two good pieces of information about Trials of Mana. Uh, first, PlayStation Blog published a 20-minute PlayStation Underground gameplay video featuring air travel on the world map, uh, some character training, and the Labyrinth of Ice Dungeon, which has a final boss battle against Figmund, who awaits in its icy dips. Charles Amana is due out on April 28th for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam. You can head over to Facebook. I've got the link to that video on there, as well as, a, uh, in my opinion, a perfect uh, video that this game, I feel like it kind of needed and I think it's a little over four minutes long. And it was a new gameplay uh, video for the game from Square Enix. Here is their overview of the game. Trials of Mana is a full high-definition remake of the third entry in the classic Mana series. The game will bring the beloved story and characters to the modern era with real-time combat, beautiful 3D graphics, and updated Gameplay released originally in Japan as Second Desetsu 3 in 1985, Charles of Mana immerses players in an unforgettable adventure filled with exciting gameplay, memorable heroes, and villains. Players will craft varying experiences by selecting a party of three from six unique characters as they embark on the adventure of a lifetime, upgrading their characters' classes into more powerful forms learning over 300 different abilities, and discovering a world of secrets and mysteries to explore. Those who pre-purchase or purchase the physical or digital editions of the game by May 21st for Switch or PS4 will receive the Rabbit Adornment DLC, allowing players to gain more experiences from battles up to level 10. Pre-orders of the digital edition of the game from the PlayStation Store will include an exclusive avatar set, Featuring the game's six heroes. While those who pre-purchase from Steam by May 21st will receive the Rabbit Adornment DLC. As well as an exclusive wallpaper set. Uh, in that trailer, it kind of just 
really lays out what the game is all about. Show kind of just presenting it in a condensed, really good uh, fashion. I said I invite you guys to check that out if you're curious about this game and looking forward to it. You'll be even more excited about the game after you see this. Trust me. Um, in non JRPG news, uh, we've got two stories from sort of the world of Nintendo. So the first one is that more than likely in the next two weeks, we're going to be getting, um, some Nintendo news. The first one is going to be an Indies game showcase likely next week on March the 28th. A uh, recording, a, a report according to VentureBeat, saying that Wells were hearing this from other indicators. And they are saying that once this comes out, uh, more than likely the following week, we are going to get a Nintendo Direct that should focus on the Switch's 2020 lineup. VentureBeat reporter Jeff Grubb said that he could not confirm what will be shown in terms of Nintendo's first party slate. But to expect the company to, quote, uh, continue relying heavily on remasters and ports. Also, as it is the standard for Nintendo Directs, support from, support from third-party publishers and developers is also expected. And Nintendo declined to comment on this. And it is um, <clears throat> would be interesting to see what Nintendo has planned for the rest of the year, and in particular, I'd love to hear some news about when Xenoblade Chronicles could be coming out. A nice release date would be would be nice, to say the least. In other uh, semi-Nintendo news, and a bit surprising, um, this one kind of came out of nowhere. GameStop has appointed three new independent members to its board of directors, including former Nintendo of America president Reggie. Feels Amy. I, I've never understood how to say his last name, and I've probably heard it before, but I just I can't get it. So we're just calling him Reggie from now on. His mom called him Reginald, but we shall call him Reggie. Of course, the famed uh, former um, uh, CEO. No, not CEO. Was he CEO of Nintendo? COO, that's what it is. Uh, from 2006 to 2019, everybody knows Reggie. And the immediate question is, can he save GameStop? Now, his uh, quote after this announcement was, the gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop. I look forward to being part of the GameStop Corporation board and helping to make this happen. Now, uh, board of Directors is very important. They decide a lot of things, but it is a board of 10 people. It is not like they brought him on to directly, you know, save the sinking ship, so to speak. He's on a board with other people with other interests. And, <laughs> like, Reggie did an awesome job at Nintendo, but he was also kind of in charge of things. So, I just... I. I'll be honest, I'm not very optimistic about what's going to come out of this. I like GameStop. I've always liked GameStop. But they have made more than enough bad decisions that I don't know 
if it can be saved. I'd, I'd be as happy as anybody if it would, but I don't buy games there anymore. You know, it's a different world and GameStop didn't really change adequately with it. But uh, we'll see what old Reggie can bring to the table and if it's enough to make a difference or not. In Xbox One news, we don't talk about Xbox One very often on this podcast. It's just not a very big JRPG platform. But we have been talking about Fantasy Star Online 2 quite a bit. And uh, they announced that there will be an open beta test for the game beginning on March the 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sega announced. Of course, they have done a couple closed betas here before, and it sounds like it is time for the open beta to really test things, how how they are going and if it can handle the number of players or not. And I'm still hopeful that this all goes well and we eventually get... A West or a release perhaps for PS4. I don't, Switch may be asking a bit much, but I don't see why a PS4 port of this will not be coming at some point and time. We've got a few more stories to talk about here on the podcast, and we will do that after we take a quick break and a word from Anchor. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Got a few more fun stories to talk about. With you guys, don't forget head over to Facebook, give us a like, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. We got a new website, check us out jrpgreport.com. And if you would like to sign up for listener support, I would greatly appreciate that. You can find the link at the bottom of this podcast or just send me an email jrpgreport at gmail.com. I'd be happy to help you out there or anyway. You feel free to contact me as well. That's cool. Uh, ben Namco debuted some new gameplay footage for Sword Art, Sword Art Online, Alcization Lycoris, during the Sword Art Online Game Fan <laughs> Kenasase 2020 live stream. During the program, producer Yusuka Furuma teased, quote, there are Quite a lot of side activities in the game outside of the main story, as well as the fact that, quote, individual maps are quite expansive, and many quests and events are being prepared for them. Finally, he said places that appeared in the anime will reappear in the game, and by simply walking around, it'll make you feel like you're playing the anime. Very cool stuff. The game is due out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam on May 21st in Japan, May 22nd. In the Americas and Europe, you can follow the link on Facebook or on Twitter, and uh, it's a it's a quite lengthy uh, live stream, uh, clocking in at over two hours. The gameplay footage is not until an hour and forty one into it. It shows a boss battle, and then two hours and sixteen minutes into it is another event that you can check out. So, if you got some free time and want to check that out, you can do so. A quick note, game that uh, we teased a little while ago. There was a, y- a Yokai Watch new game coming out. It is going to be called... 
Oh boy. Uh, Yokai Watch Jam. Yokai Academy Y Dash YY Goikin Seta Susu. Oh my goodness. That is the longest title of all time. Good grief. <laughs> it will launch for PS4 and Switch this summer in Japan. Should this game come to the West, it will need uh, need some help with that title. I have no idea why that is so long. Crazy. In the game, players will become a yokai hero and fight fierce battles while also enjoying academy life. It will feature new systems not previously seen in a game before. There was a screenshot that went along with it, which was uh, shared by Level 5 President and CEO Hero Hono on Twitter. And it embraces the Academy life. It looks like this is a courtyard to the Academy with uh, trainers all around. And right in the middle of it, what can only be described as a giant purple poo pile... Uh, with eyes and giant red lips and uh, eight tentacles coming out of it. It is an odd sight, to say the least. And if if for no other reason, you should head over to the Facebook page and check this uh, guy out. It is not an enemy I would like to be fighting at all. Crazy game. Crazy name, crazy game. Um, we talked, I think, two weeks ago about this game, about Brigandine, the legend of Rune Erzia. And we have the first in a series of letters from the producer, Kazuhiro Egarashi. And he goes into more detail about the turn-based strategy RPG. He says, hello, everyone. <laughs> I am the producer. Uh, first, a big thank you to all the fans who have been eagerly waiting for this game. Rest assured, we're pouring our hearts and souls into getting to your hands as quickly as possible. There's still some time until June 25th, but we appreciate your patience. And he talks about the um, difficulty levels and the main game mode. Um, uh the main mode in this in the main mode you choose one of six nations to join as you conquer Runerzia. You can also choose the difficulty level at the beginning of the game. If you're new or not used to the game genre, he would recommend going with easy. Uh, we also included other features aside from difficulty levels to help newcomers learn the basics quickly. We have offered training mode, which you would call a tutorial mode. This is where you get hands-on instruction about gameplay basics. You can turn on and off this guide after starting the game. When active, you'll see advice about gameplay, skills, spells, and more as you play. The advice offered in this guide and in the tips shown on the loading screen, which can be viewed from any time in the options menu. Once you understand the rules, you'll see how enjoyable these simple yet intriguing gameplay mechanics can be. For veterans of the series who have played uh, for Cena and or Grand Edition, you'll be most likely feel right at home with hard difficulty. What are the difference between these three levels exactly? He'll be covering that in the next letter. Brigandine, the Legend of Renzeria, is due out for Switch on June 25th worldwide. Interesting looking game, and we'll I'm sure hear a little bit more about that between now and its June release date. 
another week, another character was announced for Genshin Impact. This one is Ningguang. That's my best guess at it. <laughs> um, she is the owner of the Jade Chamber in the skies above Lyrie, where the stories abound about Ningguang and her elegance and mysterious smile. As the Tianquan of the Lurine Zing, I don't know how you say this word, Q-I-X-I-N-G, it's missing a U. Uh, not only does she embody law and order, she also represents fortune and wit. So I'm sure we'll be getting more and more of these as it gets closer and closer uh, to the game coming out. I am... Um, I'm excited about this game. I'm sure you guys can tell as I keep reporting on it. It looks like a lot of fun and it's just a beautiful looking game. Three stories for Legends of Heroes fans. First, the easy one, uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 now has a demo for the PC version. Publisher NIS America announced um, the game is coming out on uh, March 23rd. But you can check the demo out now. The PC version offers new features, including frame support up to 240 slash unlimited frames per second, autosave, customizable high-speed mode and key bindings, and ultra-wide screen support. In addition to the PC demo, the demo for the Switch version also came out in Japan on the Nintendo eShop. I'm not sure if that's uh, here as well or not. You ought to head over to your Switch and see if you can check that out yet or not. Of course, there are other Trails of Cold Steel, or not Gold Steel, but other Legend of Heroes games out there. And there is the first web commercial for Legend of Heroes, Hejimari no Kazeki. Um, it includes the the commercial includes the first in-game appearances of new characters that appear in the Lloyd route, which unfolds uh, members of the special support section of the Crossbell Police Department and the Hermit route led by the third protagonist, which they've not gone into detail about who that is yet. Of course, the other route would be Reen. Um, game is due out for PlayStation 4 this summer in Japan. Um, I, the image shows, th uh, four characters that, you know, are in the SSS and one from cold steel three with ties to it. It's not that big of a leap to see why she would have joined that. Um, very interesting looking game. I'm planning on doing, uh, when I get back from vacation, a complete breakdown of the two, uh, story arcs that they have announced so far. It'll be part of a Sunday special as there will be spoilers galore for fans who have not played either the Crossbell uh, series or the Cold Steel series and possibly even the Sky series um, of Crossbell. The Legend of Heroes Zero Nokoseki fan translation mod will come out in just a few days on March the 14th. So if you purchase the Japanese version of the game um, for PC, 
you will then be able to download this fan translation for free into English. That's pretty cool. Um, this is from Geofronts, the group of fans dedicated to bringing non-localized Falcon games to Western audience at, quote, the highest possible quality. The mod is based on fan translation completed by Legend of Heroes team, or the Heroes of Legend team, rather, which consists of members of, uh, I don't know how you say this, Giran Noheyef Kara, Flamethrower, Yang Zhu, and Zero Monkey. Girofront took the base transaction and edited it into a form that reaches a high standard set for trails in the West. To use the mod, which will be available for free, you must own the PC copy of Zero No Kozeki, which can be purchased through retailers such as DL Site, the Falcom Shop, or Amazon Japan. So I really like that they have done that. There's even a cool little trailer that's went along with that. Now, Falcom is working on putting this game out for PS4. No word if that's going to be uh, Western or not for sure. So this is kind of beating it to the punch in case that they don't do that. It'd be very interesting to see how that works out. Now, I don't, um, I'm going to wait and see what happens. If it does come out, I will be picking that version up, of course. One last story to talk with you guys about. And... Um, <laughs> After last week's rant against NAS America, I'm not quite as hot and bothered about this one as uh, the <laughs> Psy Games certainly never said that there was going to be Grand Blue Fantasy Relink information coming out of the uh, Grand Blue Fantasy um, Fest that uh, came out. No, this was. Um, this was just the sixth anniversary. Grand Blue Fest is, is not till uh, later on in the year. Anyway, so they had like a five or six hour live stream, all talking about Grand Blue Fantasy, clearing its sixth anniversary. That's the mobile gotcha game that uh, came out, and me and a couple other people were kind of like maybe um, it'll come out. And Dual Shockers even had the article. The headline, Grand Blue Fantasy Reeling Development Update coming on March 8th. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> they did not speak about it. I don't know what they talked about, but uh, I talked to a friend of mine in, in on Twitter who, who's on all this stuff, and uh, he confirmed that uh, nothing came out of it and no, no articles came up afterwards about what was said so the only thing that i did get out of this dual shockers article was that last time they heard about relink which was back at gray blue fantasy fest in december of 2019 director fukuhara explained how side games already had a release date in mind for the game but would wait until the last moment to announce it to avoid delays so how do you like your uh, release date announcements? Do you want the optimistic? Uh, here's the release date we're pushing for, and when it gets close, we're going to delay it? Or do you like this model of, we don't know when the game's coming out, and we're not going to say when it's going to come out until 
we 100% sure <laughs> know that's going to come out. Both ways are frustrating. Um, as, I mean, the problem with this method is the idea that PlayStation 5 is going to be out before this game comes out for PS4. Now, we've talked about before that doesn't really matter as much with these systems as they are backwards compatible. It's just, it's a bit odd. I'm not, we're not used to this method of doing things. We're used to having something to look forward to. And then delays are just a part of life. We understand. This is a little different. So, uh, <laughs> jokingly, along with that, I think the only thing that was announced at this, or it came out of it, was that Grand Blue Fantasy Fest 2020 will be December 11th to the 13th in Chiba, Japan. Yes, they did announce this during the live stream. It has been held annually since 2017. And of course, my when I shared this, I joked that maybe we'll get a release date by then. And now, having heard what we just heard, maybe that is when they're actually going to announce the release date. And it'll be, okay, this game is coming out you know, I don't know, February 27th or something like that. I was joking, maybe there's a kernel of truth to it, and that's actually what is going to happen. That would, I don't know, we'll just have to wait and see. So that's all I got for you guys this week. It was a little light on big stories, but I think we still had some fun with them, and uh, I didn't get too fired up about <laughs> too much. Like I said, look forward to uh, the next two Sunday specials. They may be all that you get. If there's nothing to do next week while I'm on vacation, you may just be stuck with those. So we'll have the uh, orchestral music of Final Fantasy this Sunday and next Sunday. If I don't talk to you guys again for a while, just know that I am uh, enjoying my time on JRPG Island. Don't bother me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You Feel free to message and I'll get back with you. That is cool. But uh, our proverbial JRPG Island will be in full effect at least for one week for yours truly. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening as you do each and every week. I truly appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Until then, get back out there and level up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop the presses. I didn't tell you guys about Atelier Riza. Quickly, it's awesome. It was short. Um, I finished it. And about 40 hours, like, Riza was weird. because I don't know if they did this previously, but they don't keep track of how long you have played the game. So I kind of had to guess at it. But yeah, I'll guess about 40 hours. Short, sweet, absolutely awesome. By far the best in the series. A huge step forward for the entire franchise. Eagerly anticipating what they decide to do next with this. If this is a new sub-series or if they're just going to start making, you know, standalone releases. I'm fine either way with it. The only thing I don't like about it is the fact that there is DLC for this game to extend the time of it. But each character has their own DLC, and I think they were six ninety nine each, something like that. 
So a short game with expensive DLC added on to it. Not crazy about that, but it's optional. I'm not going to do it, so I don't really care. But absolutely very high. Uh, highly recommend Rise of Absolutely one of the best JRPGs to come out uh, this past year. And one that I think you should check out. Especially if you didn't care for ones previously. I would encourage you to give this one a shot. As it uh, fixes almost everything that was wrong. Like I didn't care for the time system before. I felt like you always ran out of time. You could fail based on time limits and travel and all that kind of silly stuff. Battle system, huge, huge upgrade, lots of fun, very dynamic, very fast, but still turn-based. Beautiful graphics, yeah, yeah, thick thighs and all that fun stuff. For <laughs> The jokes have been made plenty of times before. Character models are very visually appearing, appealing. The world is really fun. I really don't have anything bad to say about the game whatsoever. If you don't care for short games, maybe it's a bit short, but I felt like they didn't drag anything out and it is really well done the way it is. Okay. That's it. I will stop it there for real. All right, guys, get back out there and now level up.